Let's pray and let's get into what God wants to do tonight. Amen? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to, st- to, to dive into your word tonight. And we, we just ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would minister to us, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would have its way. Lord, we thank you that, you, that your Spirit lives inside us, that it speaks to us. And uh, Lord, we give you place to speak. And so tonight, as we look at our purpose, at, at our, the mission that you have us on, Lord, would, you, uh, would, you, uh, would we encounter you tonight? And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. As we saw a few weeks back, uh, Pastor Eric uh, stepped away and kind of focused on our church's mission and vision. How many of you remember that? Okay, good. It was called Reset. It was called Reset. And we were talking, he he was talking about the, the life of Peter, right? He was talking about Peter becoming a disciple and being a disciple and then making disciples and then sending disciples. We exist as a church to be disciples, make disciples, and send disciples. Well, tonight I want to revisit the send portion of our mission and vision. Our our global mission uh, as a church. Why missions or why sending disciples is so important to the heart of God? That's what I want to answer tonight. And what missions or sending disciples has to do with you? What does it really have to do with you? Especially if you're not a missionary or you're not really called to go to another area of the world. What's send disciples have to do with you? You see, as a church, we feel passionate about these three things. We want, we want people to see the, that we're passionately followers of Jesus Christ. We, we love Jesus and we, we serve Jesus. We obey Jesus. Where Jesus is at this central drive or the passion of our lives. So much so that our lives, our example, our lifestyle affects the people around us which moves us to making disciples. When a, when a person is passionately in love with Jesus, they can't help but share that relationship with someone else. They start to share that truth that they have encountered with others. It's so sweet. When you encounter that, that passion from someone, that love, then as as we make disciples around us, then we go and obey the mandate that Jesus gives us, gives to the church to go, to go into all the world and to make disciples. So here's the heart of this that the pastoral leadership here wants you to get tonight. We don't want you to just uh, see that the, the, we just don't want this to hang out, hang on our wall in, in the lobby. Be, make, send disciples. 
We don't want this just to be what's on the front of our bulletin. Be, make, send disciples. We don't want this just to be, oh, you know, something you hear in the church and, and someone comes up and says, oh, be, make, send disciples. That's kind of a nice quote. I hope it's more than that. We want this mission to be your life mission. That the thrust of your life would be about loving God and loving others and making disciples all around the world. We want you to order your life in such a way that you're known as a man or a woman of God that loves God and loves others and is serious about making disciples. Serious about making disciples. Church, I want to order my life, order my day, order my hours, order my free time, order my bank account around this kind of single-mindedness that God is calling us to, to love others and to love God and to make disciples. Surrendering to the mandate that, that Jesus calls us to. That our lives would reflect that mission. That our lives would reflect that. That when people look at us and see us, that they, they feel and they understand that there's a mission that we're on. And, and, and they want to be a part of it. That's our prayer. That's our heart here at RMC. That we would have, that we would be uh, disciple-making disciples who obey the call of God to go. So with that, I want to take us to the Great Commission tonight. I want to take us to uh, the Great Commission. But before I do, I've got a question to ask you. How many of you guys like Bible quizzes? Now, um, I have a question for you. It's a, it's a bit of a Bible quiz for, for all of us. And, you know, actually, I expect you to get the answer right because you're our core. This is the core of our church right here. You're out here on a Wednesday night, okay? You're out here when no, everybody else is doing something during the week. You've worked all day and you came out here. Now you're, you're, you're loving Jesus and, and and I'm proud of you guys. So I, I expect you guys to get this answer right, okay? So here's a question. On how many different occasions did Jesus um, give the Great Commission in the New Testament? On how many different separate occasions did Jesus give the Great Commission in the New Testament? Now, if I could have that... Right. Ready for the answer? Uh, what's your answer? That's what I want to know. Okay, four, four times, maybe five. On four times and maybe five occasions, Jesus gave the Great Commission. So let's go to those passages of Scripture. Matthew chapter 28. You can write these down if you want to. Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. Mark 16, 15, Luke 24, 40, uh, verse 47, John 20, 21, and Acts 1, verse 8. 
Now we're going to look at these, each of these really quickly, uh, and let's begin at Luke. So turn with me to Luke chapter 24. We're going to look at that one first. Now mind you that each of these passages take place after the resurrection, okay, and before the ascension, before Christ's ascension into heaven, okay? Scripture records for us that for six weeks following the resurrection, prior to the ascension, Jesus appeared to his disciples over and over again, and he taught them many things during this time, but he didn't return to any theme more than twice except for two. What do you think those two things were? Number one, the resurrection. He was saying, guys, I'm alive. I'm alive. I've conquered death. I've conquered the grave. I'm alive. And the second one was the Great Commission. Go. I want you to go. I want you to go. I want you to go. The Great Commission was Jesus' marching orders to his church. So let's look at this first one. Luke chapter 24. Look at 45, verse 45. And he opened their understanding. Now I wish I was there when he opened their understanding, because sometimes I wish I understood scripture completely in some ways, that they might comprehend the scriptures, and he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for, for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to what? To all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Now, flip over to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 is a little different, but it, it's, it, it, it's another moment that we see that Jesus speaks to his disciples. Mark chapter 16, verse 14. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned." Now, turn over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, look at verse 19. And we'll read through 21. Then the same day, at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear, that, for fear of the of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he, had, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now finally, turn over to Matthew chapter 28. 
Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now before we read on, I, w- I want to point out something that Jesus it, it, that Jesus is with the disciples, right? He's with them, and some are worshiping him. And what are some doing? Some are doubting, right? Some are doubting. Some are wondering, are you truly, are you truly the Messiah? Are, are, are you who you say you are? And some were doubting. And yet, Jesus draws close to them even in their doubting, and he still calls them into mission with him. He doesn't say, you guys are ridiculous. I can't believe you guys. I was with you three years, and, and you, you, you still doubt? I think I'm going to get some new, new disciples, right? <laughs> Is that what he says? No. He, he draws near and he calls them into mission with him. Martin Luther said, faith is the wrestle with doubt. Faith is the wrestle with doubt. Remember Peter when he said to Jesus, I believe, but help what? My unbelief. Help my unbelief. So I want you to see something tonight. I want you to hear something. God is not looking for perfect people to be on mission with him. God is looking for surrendered people who are willing to fulfill the mission that he calls you to. Now let's read on. In Jesus, verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of what? Of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the age. Church, God's command to reach the nations is central to Scripture. And we're gonna see more of that as we go tonight, go through this. It's central to God's thinking. God's about the nations. God's about the nations. Central to God's heart. Oh, he loves the nations. He loves the people of this world. It's central to the redemptive plan that God has. So if if we love God's word and we love God's fame, if we're committed to magnifying his name above all things, then we cannot be indifferent about reaching the nations. Now, I have, I've heard teachings uh, on the Great Commission. I've heard a lot of teachings on, on, on the Great Commission in the past. And, and a lot of times I, I would hear those and I would feel condemned because I'm not that missionary out in the, in the hut living in Africa. You know what I'm saying? 
Like you, you get this condemnation, like you, you got to go sell everything and you got to become this missionary. You got you to gotta live, uh, you know, in a hut out in nowhere. Okay? That's not my goal tonight. But, my, but one thing I do want to ask you is, are you being obedient to Christ's command? Are you being obedient to Christ's command? Look again at Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now let's stop there for a second and try to understand what he just said. All, all authority. All authority. Now I looked that word up, uh, all in the Greek, and it means all, just to let you know. (laughs) All authority in heaven. What is that? What does that mean in heaven? Well, I'll give you a glimpse of it. Revelation chapter 5, verse you, you can read it for yourself. I'll paraphrase what it says. It's, it's this picture uh, uh, in heaven of the angelic beings being all there and they're asking a question. They're asking this question, who can open the scroll? Who is worthy to open the scroll, right? That's what he's saying. That's what they're saying. Who's worthy? And, and their response is, no one is worthy. And they begin to weep. Revelation chapter 5, read it for yourself. They begin to cry. They begin to weep. No one, no one is worthy to open the scroll. And one of the elders says, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb that was slain, is worthy of opening the scroll. Authority. The only one that has the authority to open the scroll in heaven is Jesus. So we're, we're talking about authority. Not only in heaven, but on earth. He's the CEO of the universe. He's the dude. He is the CEO of everything. Now let me ask you a question. If the CEO of the universe asks you to do something, are you going to do it? You should probably do that, right? Yeah. You should probably do it. Look what it says in verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. And baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now look at that phrase at the beginning of verse 19. It says, go therefore. Now in the Greek, it can be understood as, as you go. Go therefore, or as you go, or so go, or so move. Move out. Let's go. It's not, it's, it's this as you go 
Let's make disciples. And where are we going to go and make disciples? Of all the nations. Of all the nations. Now, I've heard a teaching once on this section that minimized that command, and it said, as, uh, so go therefore means as you just kind of go through life, make a disciple. Now, I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. Agreed? I don't think that Jesus is saying, as you kind of meander through life and kind of just do what you want to do, hopefully somehow you just make a disciple. No, we have to be on mission. We have to have strategy. We need to have a plan of of knowing where we're going to go and accomplish those things. I don't think Jesus was trying to just say, well, uh, just kind of, as you go, just figure it out. No, in fact, Jesus was speaking in the imperative. It's a command form. As you go, or so go, or so move. It infers action and movement. The question is, is are we moving? Are we doing anything? Are we just getting filled up here in church and not doing anything with it? As we move out in that mission, make it a priority to make disciples of all the nations. So I have a question for you. If God is so enthralled with the nations, I mean, that's all we're hearing tonight, right? It just seems over and over and over again. God, what, what is the deal? Like, if God is so enthralled with the nation, should we be also? Now, this next statement that I have is going to catch you off guard, but I, 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 I mean this with as much love as I say it with. If you're sitting here tonight content with our little United States and you have no desire to know anything about outside our borders, then you are in disobedience to God's word. If you are content with what we have here in the United States and you could care less about what happens outside our borders or what happens to the rest of the world, you're in disobedience because it's what God loves. And you could care less. Now, I hope that that's not you tonight. But I had to say that because it is important. Church, we should love what Jesus loves. We should love what Jesus loves, and he loves the nations. In fact, turn to Revelation chapter 7. You're going to be stunned. Revelation chapter 7, look at verse 9. Revelation, this is the end. God has come for his people and we see this gathering around the throne of God. And you're going to be surprised that it doesn't say like the United States. It says, after these things, verse 9, after these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number. It was so massive, 
So many people from all over the world are going to be around the throne of God of all nations, all tribes, peoples, tongues, people that spoke, any kind of language is spoken out there, standing before the throne. How many of them? All of them. All of them. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Jesus is all about the nations. He's all about it. He loves them. He loves their cultures. He loves how they're different. He loves the way they think and the way they are and and the uniqueness of all of them. So what are you saying, Pastor Sean? Do we all need to buy a plane ticket and go to the other side of the world? Well, actually, we have tickets for you out in the lobby and they have your name on it and uh, you'll be surprised where you're going. (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool, though? Like, get your ticket today and let's go. Like, let's, let's do something different. Like, let's, let's live a little. I'm all in. I don't know about you, but. Is that what God wants us to do, though? I, I don't think so. I, I think it's for some people. I, I don't think it's for everyone. So, so what does it look like to obey this emphatic command? What? This is not a command to the select few, right? No, it, it's, it's a command to Jesus' disciples. How many are a disciple in here? Okay, then it's, then, it's, then it's for you. That's us. Disciples making disciples making disciples to the ends of the earth, and then the end will come, the Bible says, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And then the end will come. So, so what does it look like practically? Let's get practical tonight because I think this is really hard to swallow and then just walk away and go, oh, another one of those messages, you know, feel guilty, you know, whatever. Where are we to make disciples? The nucleus of disciple-making Ground zero is in your home. It's in your home. God's plan for making disciples doesn't start with the church. Does that surprise you? It doesn't start with the church. It starts with the home. In fact, the church actually exists to serve the home. That's what we're here for, is to see you thrive, see you, see you do really well. God's plan for, for making disciples doesn't start with the church. It starts with you, right where you're at, at home, in your home. Now, I know it's been hard, parents. How many of your parents out there? Okay. Your kids are over there in the water, right? Some of you. Okay, I want to speak to you for a second. I know it's been really hard. 2020, not a, not a fun year, okay? As a parent, trying to figure out all this, and your kids, you're home, kids are home, you're going crazy, you know? 
2021, not easy. Let me say this, parenting is an art, not a science, and there's no guarantee. It's hard work, and there's not a guarantee that it's gonna work out in the end completely. Now, God gives us some promises in there, and he does, but, but I'm telling you, it's an art, not a science, and there's not a guarantee, okay? Just because you do A and B doesn't mean you're gonna get C. I know that because I have four daughters, okay? And I'm on the end, tail end of it all, uh, and I understand that it's hard work because I've, I've launched one, one's married, and two are in college, and one is in high school, and she's 16, and she's, she's walking this out. It's not easy. So I'm right there with you. But I want you to hear something. You're not alone. Because what does verse 20 of Matthew 28 say? It says, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the age. I'll be with you. The Lord is on your side. And I want you to know that RMC is on your side. We're on your side. We're with you. We're rooting for you, and we're saying, you can do this. You can do this. Keep going. Know that RMC is here for you. And this is how we're here for you. I want you to, hear, I want you to understand this. On Sunday mornings, on the weekends, okay, we teach through the Bible, right? We're teaching through things, and guess what? Your kids are getting taught the exact same thing. Did you know that? It was intentional, <laughs> What, we're, what, what you're learning in here on the weekend is what your kids are learning in there on the weekend. So that when you leave this building and you go and you go to lunch and you say, hey son, how, how, you know, and you already know what it's been taught because you just, you just heard it. And you're, you're talking to them, you say, hey, how, how, what'd you think of the teaching? And, and you start asking them questions and you have this spiritual conversation or you get in the car and you say, you know what, uh, I, uh, Pastor Eric was talking about this and I know that you learned that today. What, what did you learn? What, what was so exciting about that? And you begin to disciple from inside your home. It's intentional. That's discipleship. Now, discipleship is not a program. It's not a book study. Okay, I want you to hear that. Oh, you know, I went through this book, so I must be a disciple now. No, discipleship is a lifelong process of walking out Jesus with people, with your kids. It's lifelong. It's a process that takes time. In fact, well, it's a, it's a life, life on life type of thing. You know what I'm talking about? It reminds me of Deuteronomy chapter six. In fact, uh, I, want to, I want us to read it. Uh, turn to Deuteronomy chapter six because it's so good because it, it helps us to understand this practically. Deuteronomy chapter six. Look down, verse four. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. So he's talking to you first. He's saying, hey, you need to love Jesus with everything you got, right? And then what does he say in verse 6? And these words which I commanded to you today shall be in your heart. Do you know that your kids can know if you're faking it? They know. If it's not in your heart, if it's not real in here, they'll know. And he's saying, man, it's got to be in your heart. It's got to be, it's got to be real. You got to love God with everything that you are. And then look what it says. And you shall teach them. It's talking about the ch- your children. You shall teach them diligently to your, to your children. And shall talk with them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. That's discipleship. It's life on life. It's walking with them. It's it's talking about Jesus when they're getting up in the morning, when you're walking out of church tonight, when you sit down for a meal. It's not just for one second of, of, the, of the day and you go, oh, we did our disciples, we did our devotion, so let's go on and live our merry, sinful life. No, it, it's, it's about living it day by day. Life on life with Jesus Church, we cannot expect to make disciples outside our home if we can't make disciples inside our home. It's got to start there. So here are some practical things we did as a family. And you can write them down. You can can take them for what they're worth. But I I think they're good things that uh, that I'd like to share with you tonight. We walked through the scripture together. We walked through the scripture together. I, I would read uh, just uh, a story in the Bible and then I would, I would dumb it down so that my kids would understand it. You know, I'm not gonna read this to them like this when they're, you know, in, you know, six years old. It, it's like, uh, you know, like, dad, I don't get it, you know. Like, but we can tell the stories. We can, we can share with them what God did, like how awesome that was that God did that. And, and, you, and, you, and you give them something to, to be able to, to chew on that's coming from you. If you're not quite there and you're like, gosh, that's a lot for me, you're, you're woo, over my head, I'm out, you know, then, then I'll give you something else. Right now, media... You can get on Right Now Media. You, every one of you have a, has a subscription to Right Now Media. Just to let you know that. Because RMC has the subscription to Right Now Media. And all you got to do is go to our website, go to teachings. There's a button there that says subscribe to Right Now Media. And you can have all the content that's on Right Now Media. You go to Right Now Media, you click on kids, and there's a plethora of stuff to, walk, to show them to walk through with them. You can watch it together and ask them questions. That's discipleship. That's how easy it can be. 
Number two, we taught our kids that our God is a missionary God. That he loves the world. It needs to come from you. Teach your kids that God is a missionary God, that he, he's a big God and he loves the world and he loves, he wants to reach the lost. We put a map on our wall. When the kids were younger, we had this map and we had, you know, placemats with the world on them. We bought a globe and we would, we would look at the world all the time. Look at the world. Look, look at the countries that, that are out there. My kids knew geography before they went into geography. Does that make sense? They knew where the Middle East was. They knew where Israel was. They knew where, where Mexico and, and Zimbabwe was. And, and uh, you know, name a country. We talked about it all the time. We talked about it. Number three, when we prayed at night, we prayed for missionaries. We've got a wall right outside these doors that, that have missionary cards. Grab a missionary card and, and, and pray for them. And pray that for them by name. And, and the, the Great Commission becomes real personal at that point. Like, wow, these people are living in Uganda. They're, they're, they're putting their life out there. These people live in Peru. This is awesome. Pray for a different country each night. It was so awesome with my kids where we would spin the globe and go, okay, pick a country. And we would just like, wherever it stopped. And be like, okay, wow, that's a unique country. Never heard of that one before. Okay, let's, let's pray for them. And, and, and we would begin to pray for countries that, that we, we'd never been to, we'd never seen before. Number four, read, uh, we read our, our, our kids' missionary stories. Exciting stuff. Go on Amazon, you can find a book uh, that's for kids about missionary stories. Just, just buy it and read it to them. It's awesome. Gives them a heart for the world, heart to reach something outside of this place that we call United States. Church, dream with me for a second. What if our homes became missional outposts? You know what I'm talking about? What if our homes became missional outposts where we were launching launching uh, people that were on mission for God out of our home, man. It was like, okay, there goes another one, man. Phew, all right, there goes another one. And, and, and we're, we're sending out m missionaries, people that are on mission for God, for the kingdom of God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Training them up and sending them out. That's what it's about. Which, that, which brings me to our neighborhood our neighborhood. So it starts in our home, but it, it brings us to our neighborhood. Begin to strategize on how to be a light in your neighborhood. Now here's a creative way. I heard about a couple that would just walk their neighborhood, okay? 
they would just walk and they would pray. They would walk and pray. They would pray for the house that they walked by. God, just pray that you bless this house. Bless the, the people that are in it. God, you just be, you know, with them. And then when that neighbor would come out, they would say, hey, I was just praying for your house. Is there anything I can pray specifically for? For you. And that opened up huge doors. It's simple. Right? Like, wow, that's awesome. Like, that's intentional. But it's simple. Is there... Is there anything that God wants you to do strategically in your neighborhood? Maybe he wants you to start a group that would just walk through your neighborhood and pray. Maybe you could start a connect group that would be intentional about inviting people in from your neighborhood to a Bible study. That's an idea. But we need to step out and be intentional about making disciples in, in our sphere of influence, right? And then that brings us to our city and our nation. We, find, we need to find ways to serve in our city. Why? Because we need to rub shoulders with the lost. Now some of you, that's your workplace. You're rubbing shoulders all day with them. I hope you're doing, I hope you're being a good Example of what Jesus is supposed to be, uh, what we're supposed to be in that workplace. But if you're not in a place where you're rubbing shoulders with the lost, man, we need to care enough to hear people's stories. And, it, and, and to do that, we have to take time to listen to them, time to care and, and, and take in a bit of their life. That takes being intentional. How are we to disciple our city if we don't know them? Here's a couple of ministries that you could serve in that will allow you to rub shoulders with them and share the gospel. One is Crossfire. Crossfire Ministries is here in town. You can, you can serve, you can volunteer. Another one is the rescue mission. One, run, one right over here is Mercy's Gate. You can volunteer over there. Life Network is another one that you can volunteer at. And all of those places, you're going to rub shoulders with the lost. We need to stop being afraid of people that aren't like us. And start having spiritual conversations with them. Amen? The next is the world. Okay. Now, I've been poking at this all night. Okay. The world. Know what's going on in our world. Know what's going on in our world. And that's not MSNBC, okay? Please don't go there. That's not world news. Here's an easy way to do that. Listen to the worldview in five minutes. And I'll give you the, the address and you can subscribe for this. It's awesome. It's awesome. 
Go to theworldview.com, theworldview.com. No one's writing this down. Theworldview.com and subscribe. Click on subscribe. And what they will do is they will send you a five-minute audio piece every day of Christian world news. It's awesome. I listen to it. It's like, it's, it's, the, it's, it's not always, you know, great news. But it's good to know what's happening around the world. Who's being persecuted? What's happening over here? What's, what's going on in, our, in the United States? All of those things are right there. So theworldview.com, click and subscribe. It's great. Christian Worldview News. Okay. Also, here at RMC, 17% of our budget goes to discipling the nations. 17% of our budget goes to discipling the nations. That means every time you tithe, you're investing in our investment of reaching the nations. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. We as a church, through our missions thrust, are focused on three major countries. Hopefully you know who, what they are. Number one is Mexico, number two is Peru, number three is Uganda. Those are the countries that we are focused in mostly. We have missionaries that are in other countries. But those are the countries that we uh, are our focus. And inside those countries, we don't, uh, we don't uh, only focus on the Mexicans and the Peruvians and the Ugandans in those countries. We also are focused on three unreached tribal people groups that exist in those countries. And one you just heard about last weekend, the Tarahumara Indians. God loves them. They were unreached. They're unreached peoples, and yet God is reaching them because we're being strategic. What else can we do? We can go on a mission trip. We can get outside these borders so good to get outside these borders, I'm telling you. My first mission trip, I'm gonna tell you a little story. I was, I was 18 years old, never been outside the United States. Green, high schooler, just graduated high school and signed up for a mission trip and I went to Honduras for two months and I saw things that I, I will never forget. I saw poverty that broke me. I saw a culture that I'd never seen before. And I fell in love with a people that God loves. All because I left these borders. I came home ruined. I'll never be the same. But I thank God for it. Because it gave me a, a new perspective. It gave me God's perspective. And since then, I've traveled to over 40 different countries doing mission work. And I've seen some of the worst situations. I've gone into war-torn 
countries, in poverty that you would never imagine. And yet, it was all joy. It was incredible. And I want to go. I want to go. I want to go make disciples. I hope that encourages you to want to go with me, to want to go, to be on mission with God. Say, God, hey, you know what? I've never done this before. I, I don't know what to do, but maybe, maybe you could use me. So you can go on a mission trip. You know, RMC does mission trips often. And I encourage you to, to step out and do something for the Lord in that way. Another, way you could, another thing you can do is you can send a missionary an email to say, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm caring for you. Uh, I, you know, I, I sent you a little bit of money or whatever. And you, you can, there's all kinds of cards back there with their, their information. You can, you, can, you can email them today. You can grab a missionary card, put it on your fridge, and when you, every time you go to the fridge to get whatever you're getting out, you pray for them and you say, okay, Lord, oh, man, yeah. I'm gonna lift them up. They're living in another area of the world that's, that's not as nice as America. Trust me. So you can do that. Can I brag on one of our missionaries for a second? So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about this guy. His name's Luke Busher. He's a young guy, just in his 20s. He, uh, we, ra- we raised him up here at RMC. He's one of us. Uh, he he uh, was a youth here and felt the call to go. Came to us and said, hey, man, I wanna go to the mission field. I, I wanna be used by the Lord. I wanna, I wanna answer this, this mandate that God calls us to. I wanna go to the nations. And I said, well, you're, you're a little young. So we're going to have to work with you. And so we sent him down to Mexico, to Chihuahua, and we trained. We, we, used, we, we used that, er- that area as a training ground, and he began to learn Spanish, and he learned Spanish just like that. And I was like, this guy is stellar. And he, he, he was one of those guys that's just like so unique. Like he, he would live among the people. Like, like he would give up all of his comforts. And I'm like, I'm not all about that, Okay. Okay, but he was, and he came back from Mexico, and he and he uh, and he's like, you know, I'm I'm ready, I want to go, and and he so he now he's in Uganda, and we sent him out, and he's with Kent and, Kent and Rebecca Nolly out in Uganda, and he is one of the teachers in the Bible College in the in the institute there in Uganda. Yet he didn't stop there because he could have done that. Like he, I've been to his house in, in Uganda. And he, he had this little apartment and he was, it was in the middle of the town and he, and, and he was kind of living with some other guys that are kind of like him. And he's like, uh, this, is, uh, this is not for me. I'm going out into the village. I'm going to go out where the people are at. And so he bought a piece of land. He bought a piece of land in Uganda, and now he's built five huts, these round huts. There's like these little round little buildings. Uh, he's building these huts on this property so that he can have Bible study right there with the people in the community that he wants to reach. 
that's all in. <laughs> that's, uh, can I brag about him? Absolutely, because he's doing it. Man, that's awesome. And, and what's, what's incredible is he learned the language, the Acholi language, so quick. Like Kent, yeah, how many of you know who Kent is? Okay, so Kent, he doesn't know much Acholi, okay? He's barely, he's like, he just kind of just fumbles through it, right? Luke knows Acholi. So he's out one day and he's, he's just talking and he's, he's, uh, he's sharing with some people and he's, a crowd starts to gather around because they're just like, what is going on? Who, what is this? Like this guy is talking our language yet he's so white. He's like white as white. And, and these, these Ugandans are like, what is going on? Who is this guy? And he has their ear. And he's making disciples through just loving and living out his call. That is awesome. Yeah, amen. So I want to close with this. So here's our hope. Here's our prayer as a church for this body of believers. This is our sinned missions statement. We at RMC send disciples into homes, into neighborhoods, into nations, and in, into our nation and in, into the world to see disciples making disciples and planting reproducing churches that plant reproducing churches all over the world. That's our goal here at RMC. You want to be a part of it? Because you already are. <laughs> you already are because you're a part of us. So let's do it. Let's take this mission and let's go from neighborhoods to nations. Amen? That's our hope. Let me close with this. I'm going to read these verses again, and then, we're going to, and then we're going to pray. As Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the things that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus ends these verses with a promise. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you wherever you go. You take a risk for me, I'm gonna be with you. You're gonna live out the gospel for me in your neighborhood, I'm with you. You're going to go to another country, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you, I'm with you. I've got your back. Jesus says, I got your back. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for the parents in this room that you would give them the strength to live out their call to be disciple makers.
Lord, help them not to be overwhelmed, but to just one day at a time fulfill that call. Lord, I pray for the serious disciples in here that are saying, Lord, I, I, I want to answer, I want to be obedient to you, the Great Commission. And Lord, I've heard some hard things tonight, but Lord, I want to be a serious disciple and I want to go. I want to go either into my neighborhood, I want to go into my city, I want to go into my house, my family, I want to go into the nations. But Lord, help me to do that. Lord, I pray for surrendered hearts tonight that are willing to obey the Great Commission to go. Lord, your word says the harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Oh, Lord, how you say, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. And Lord, that's my prayer tonight. Lord, as we close and as we take communion together, Lord, may you, may you get our hearts tonight. May we respond in a way tonight that says, okay, Lord, uh, I'm taking this seriously and I'm, I'm, I'm entering in to communion with you in this commitment. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.